Bertha Charuma on SAFM. And you are on the talking point, sitting in for Kathy. And of course, uh, we are at uh, the 10th. Uh, basically, it's the 10th anniversary of uh, the 10th meeting of BRICS Ministers of Education. And uh, we are broadcasting live from the Kruger National Park, where Higher Education, Science and Innovation Minister uh, Dr. Blade is Monday is also hosting uh, the counterparts from the different BRICS countries. And right now with me um, in the studio, I do have our opening guest. I did highlight at the beginning of the show that I shall be talking to uh, Dr. Nkosinati. Uh, she Director General in the Department of Higher Education. And just to give us some insight and why we are at the Kruger National Park, why not, you know, in a more central place. But good to have you on SAFM. Thank you very much. It's, uh, it's really good to be here. You came at a very pivotal point. <laughs> we were having a conversation earlier on about, uh, you know, counselors not being educated, what is going on. And I think you are just the right person that I can talk to. But also, whilst I'm having this conversation, I'm going to open up the lines for our listeners to partake or ask questions if they have any if they have any viewpoints and of course our numbers are 086 2032 or you can send us your whatsapp voice note on 0614104107 so if you have any questions in regard to education this is the moment because I don't have the answers. I'm just a facilitator. I always say that I'm a facilitator. It's, it's a great opportunity to listen to the people who are the reason why we exist. So this is the 10th year. And I remember, I think a few months ago, I'm just going to do a little bit of a recap. There was an article that came out where uh, a lot of people had this conversation surrounding our children not having the ability to comprehend when they read. And it all goes back to education. Absolutely. Now, since the BRICS conference, 10 years is a long time. What has happened? What is the value that we've derived from this conference? Uh, thank you for the uh, questions. Let me start with the... Why, we, why Kruger National Park? First and foremost, this is the province that um, in the last 10 years, we started building a new university in Bumalanga, Bumalanga University. And uh, today that university has admitted more than 10,000 young people and has introduced five PhD programs, which means it is a firm foundation that it has established for um, um, junior degrees uh, up to master's level and now it has more than five programs of PhD besides the research output of this university has uh, uh, introduced it as one of the major forces in education and knowledge building uh, not only in South Africa but in, in the rest of the world so we are very happy to be here but also secondly Pumalanga is one of the um, best tourism destinations for South Africa and it makes sense that when we are um, or in the year of the chairship of BRICS by South Africa, 
we expose the rest of the world to the best that South Africa can offer. And we trust that they're enjoying uh, not only the engagements that are serious here at BRICS, but also the hospitality of our country and the benefits of the amazing beauty of the province of the rising sun. And before we go to the values, I think we'll take a small break. We're just going to do four news headlines. And when we get back, it's something you can ponder on in your thoughts. <laughs> and we'll continue with our conversation. Let's, take a, uh, let's go to the news desk and we'll be back. Bertha Charuma on SAFM. Yes, you are on the talking point and um, in the studio just before we took a break, I've got Dr. Nkosinati Sishi, Director General in the Department of Higher Education and uh, he's chatting to us about uh, the conference 10 years in the making the 10th year and we were just about to find out about you know, the values in this conference uh, Welcome back Thank you very much, it's good to be back Um, um where do we start? Ten years of BRICS. Um, I think in the rest of the world today, uh, there are very few people who would not have to- taken notice to um, a cooperation of countries that constitute more than 43% of the total global population. Um, the decisions that are taken by, mo- by almost half of the total population of the world cannot be ignored and uh, therefore over the last 10 years we have seen first and foremost the the intensity of the engagement and the cooperation uh, between nations uh, which uh, include uh, exchange you know of uh, expertise between BRICS countries um, if I were to just say, if you were to look at the quality of education in South Africa, compared in the last 10 years and now, I would make an example and say, if you are a parent and you have got a child now, you are certainly struggling to assist your child with homework. And that is precisely because the quality of the education that your child is receiving is way above the quality of education that parents received through the previous education systems like apartheid education. So the work and the gap that um, uh, you know, existed between the two systems have been closing all the time. Young people um, right now are conversant to a variety of areas that you could not have imagined that at their age group they would be able to do so. At uh, primary education they are involved in research and so forth and so on. So what's important uh, about quality in education is because it's a ticket to the many doors of opportunities opening up in other economies. The South African economy is not big enough to to absorb everyone and and give opportunity to everyone. So it's important for us to be smart in the way we we structure our education system uh, such that um, its quality is acknowledged and it's esteemed across the world so that uh, anyone exiting our system can walk into economic opportunities anywhere in the world, any university, anywhere in the world, and find acceptance because uh, the quality of education of the country is accepted. Notwithstanding that 
that uh, consideration, we have a lot of problems. Mm. Now, taking a look at uh, the BRICS countries, we've got Brazil, we've got Russia, we've got India, we've got China, and of course South Africa. Which, which out of all these countries, where do we find most of our students finding more preference to go to, to study, to further their studies? All over the world, um, more than um, of the total number of uh, uh, students that receive scholarships, um, uh, and these scholarships come ch generally from Europe, and um, and uh, I I recently uh, Eastern Europe, Russia, uh, hundreds of our students are there. But uh, if you if if you look at Ukraine, you know uh, that is dominant with. Uh, 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 world-class medical schools. You have a lot of students, medical students, that are studying in Ukraine. In as far as um, st uh, students, um, uh, I, I recently uh, visited uh, some of our students in the border universities um, between Russia and Ukraine uh, to establish uh, if everything is fine with our children there. And uh, I was amazed to see the number of students that have graduated with PhDs but uh, they they have opted to be absorbed in some of the universities and they are lecturing others are are, are doing all sorts of interesting things um you know so uh, to answer the question uh, indeed the doors of learning and culture have opened for south african students in the rest of the world i'm very encouraged by the fact that we have more uh, embassies in south africa opening up opportunities for students to study abroad. Uh, of course, they compete with the quality of our own universities. As you know, uh, more than 50% of our universities in South Africa are in the top 500 best universities in the world. And because of that reason, we as South Africa, as a formidable higher learning system that has attracted all Africa and the rest of the developing world. Mm. And looking at you know the process the conferencing it's all good and great after this particular conference what can we expect i was asking um our brazil counterpart just a few minutes ago what exactly can we expect as you know from a south african perspective as a south african citizen uh, f first it's opportunities for our lecturers for opportunities for our students to study um across the BRICS of countries. It is opportunities for our teachers to exchange, to be involved in exchange programs with their counterparts across the more than 51% uh, of countries that are members of BRICS. As you would have noticed, besides BRICS of countries that are here, we've invited Namibia, we've invited Nigeria, we've invited Kenya, we've invited Angola, and in the rest of other meetings, we'll be inviting the rest of the continents because as South Africa, we believe that um, uh, opportunities that accrue to South Africa must also equally accrue to our, 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 our brothers and sisters in the continent. And I trust that they embrace this opportunity and, 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 and I can assure you that those that have already I've have a conversation with, uh, they sh like today we've got Namibia, they are making significant contribution in the conversations that are currently taking place. Uh, there are specific areas that we expect uh, that uh, um, already uh, as the chair of the senior officials of BRICS of countries, 
as the Director General of Education in South Africa. I've just presented to the education ministers a proposed declaration and a proposed set of resolutions on climate change. And uh, as you know, in South Africa, we've had a recent uh, change of weather, floods, wildfires in Cape Town, and all of these are real problems of today. They are not uh, a theory in the minds of uh, politicians or officials of government. They are a reality in the lived experiences of South Africans. And we are going to be taking a a decision about what it is that we are going to do to cooperate with the rest of the world in dealing and combating climate change and its impact. That is one. Secondly, there is a system for a global um, uh, ranking of universities which benefits the global north. And uh, with us being in the south, there has been a a feeling that our universities are not benefiting from investments uh, uh, that that, uh, other universities have. And therefore, on research, we need a a little bit bit more uh, funding and and other uh, areas. So we feel that the ranking system must take into account, firstly, the sustainable development goals, because these all countries of the world have agreed to. Because what is currently happening is that the criteria for ranking institutions seem to be aligned to the dominant uh, societies. And this we are challenging and as, as BRICS. You can only ask BRICS to challenge um, dominant forces anywhere in the world. And uh, this I think um, we will make a, um, a presentation on entrepreneurship development, uh, our unemployed youth in South Africa. Uh, currently, we have about 2.4 million young people in the post-school education and training system. But the reality is that outside of the system, we have 3.4 million young people that are not in education, not in any form of training and not in uh, employed. And so in as much as we are spending time trying to make sure that those issues of NSFAS are dealt with in our institutions, we don't want to forget that as much as we have made significant progress, about 8 million young people in South Africa have benefited from NSFAS since it was established by President Nelson Mandela as TEFSA. And since then up to now, 8 million young people are now working, are now uh, leading in the industries uh, of their choice. Of course, the sad story is that others are still unemployed, notwithstanding graduating with degrees. So that's the challenge that we have. The challenge that we have is that with the resources that we have available to open up opportunities for the poor and the working class children of South Africa, there's still not enough. If you look at our constitution in South Africa, it allows for basic education to be free and accessible. But when it comes to higher learning, the constitution says as the state develops the capacity to make it available, which therefore means it depends on the capacity of the state to create more opportunities for our young people. And uh, with the, um, uh, what we are doing with NSFAS, and I, I just want to, to say 85% of all students that are in universities are funded through NSFAS. More than 90% of students that are in colleges are funded through NSFAS, which therefore means there are many South Africans who today would not have had access to any post-school education and training, mm. but through the state. But that is not enough. We know we can do better. We know we can do more. 
we've also taken other responsibilities, not just paying tuition, but pay for accommodation, pay for mat uh, learner support materials, pay for data, pay for laptops, pay for other things that makes you so that you don't only get access to education, but you also get access to quality of that education. Yeah. To balance this, it has not been easy. Yeah. I, I also wanted to find out, you know, if there are any other structures within BRICS uh, that are relevant to, to education. All countries of BRICS have a lot to offer in this regard. If you look at uh, the, the, just the ranking system that I made reference to, the, um, the, the, the BRICS countries have a lion's share of the top rankings in the world. And because of that reason, it, it says something about the quality of education in, in Brazil. What I love about Brazil is that it's a developing country that is comparable to South Africa. And therefore, it is easy uh, to match systems to learn from the like. In, uh, instead of learning from those who are dominant. If you look at China and Russia, I think uh, these are world and global powers that uh, have advanced science and technology and, and, and in the areas of research, they, they have uh, had years of stability. If you look at India in terms of uh, uh, science and technology, uh, they are a, a force to be reckoned with. When South Africa is part of greatness, South African citizens must expect that uh, where we are lagging behind, we are fast going to catch up. Where we have learned lessons in, through our democracy and many years of advancements in education, we have a lot to teach the rest, rest of the world. The South African brand of education brings on board ethics uh, that uh, might not be there. When you do research on artificial intelligence, in South Africa, we also ask what are the ethics behind the research on international. And this is our input into the world. And as South Africans, we don't come into these pro programs as younger brothers, but we come as independent country that have a lot to offer the world. In fact, the world uh, at this point in time depends on the voice of South Africa to stabilize the instability that, that happens in the rest of the world. Yeah. Well, our lines are do open. We also would like to uh, have a program engagement and I mustn't just hog on to our guest and our line is 086-000-2032 if you have any questions in regards to our education system well with this particular conference taking place I think your questions will be uh, better answered because all the relevant parties are here and we you know you can quiz as much as you want our whatsapp line where you can leave a voice note is 0614104107 that's 0614104107. And I'm speaking to Dr. Nkosinati, Sishi Director General in the Department of Higher Education. And, uh, you know, just unpacking uh, some of the issues that are being discussed at this particular conference. Now, coming back to you, um, uh, Director General, we know that in terms of our pass rate, is it in line with the other BRICS countries? We have, isn't it? We we do have a, a, a specific pass mark. I think we, you know, there were some few years back we had a little bit of a. People were questioning: Will our children be ready? Will they? Will they survive if they have to go out there and face, you know, a challenging world? I think as as a, a department of education, uh, both a, a basic education and a higher education, we have to work on a narrative about what is the purpose of education 
so, so that uh, we turn around this uh, attitude of saying it's about the pass rate and not, because that's not what prevails anywhere else in the world. Uh, what is important is that every young person has a potential and the role of education is to turn that potential into realizing possibility, uh, into realizing possibilities for themselves as individuals because each child, whether they are scientifically inclined or they are socially um, inclined, they have something to offer. So the, the purpose of our education system is to add value in the lives and lived experience in education of every child. And it is not about uh, how many have passed, how many have failed. Uh, but I know that this d debate on pass rates uh, has to do with the quest for quality in education. Uh, in this regard, I think my earlier comments about uh, why we are in the first place at BRICS it is in pursuance of quality so that we stand on the shoulders of those that are ahead of us in, in, in their systems and advanced programs and instead of starting from the bottom we start right at that point so that we can leapfrog the best in the world through uh, utilizing those opportunities that are availed to us by alliances and cooperation agreements with BRICS uh, nations. Mm. I've got a voice note. Uh, someone has just sent us a voice note. Let's take the voice note. Okay, but probably we can we can try. Good morning, the Peppa. It's Mpo here from Friere. Oh. I don't think your guest is answering the questions that are being asked. You know, the big question is how many students from South Africa are in these other three countries. Compared to other countries, say for European countries or America, you know, how are they? Like, it seems like he's talking about the likes of Ukraine, the likes of uh, Europe, instead of talking about Brazil, China, India, um, which are part of of BRICS. We wanna hear about the collaborations between the BRICS countries, not the other countries. We wanna hear about benefits of being uh, a member of BRICS in terms of education. Thank you. Thank you. That's what is for you. Uh, thank you very much for the question. We, we appreciate Our aim is not to export our children to BRICS countries, but our aim is to make sure that we learn from BRICS countries to improve our own education system. And so there's no plan for us to take our young people anywhere in the world. We want to, we want to be the destination for the rest of the world if they want further education. Um, indeed, many of our students are in BRICS uh, universities and most of them are not there because there's a government program to take st students there but there are scholarship programs that are made by all BRICS countries for any South Africans who wants to study there. So a specific answer to the question, yes, any South African student uh, who wants to uh, exercise options available in other universities in BRICS countries, the answer is a definite yes, you can go study in Russia. I've got thousands of students studying in Russia, thousands of students studying uh, in the rest of BRICS countries in India, and so Yes, that's the uh, that's the that's the answer. But we we we're not planning to, uh, uh, you know, you know, um, uh, in export uh, our country's uh, students. But we want 
students studying abroad to come back to build South Africa so that we become a country that is in the dreams of many South Africans. Mm. I've got a caller online. Ngonde uh, in Cape Town. Good morning, Ngonde. Morning. Yes, go ahead. Okay, thanks, Peter, and your guest. Um, mine would be very short. Um, your previous guest from Brazil reminded me of their powerful educationist called Paula Freire, writing his book called Pedagogy of the Oppressed. Basically, in that book, he says the teachers should be engaged with the learners. In other words, they should not do what is called a banking model, whereby the teacher, you know, deposit information in the children's brains and then withdraws. As though you would deposit money in the bank and withdraw whenever you want. And secondly, you know that I think it was last year, whereby grade four learners could not read for meaning, right? Now, that was in result of a study done by PELS, you know, Progress International in Language, you know, and Reading Study. And if one were to include as well TIMS, Trend International in Mathematics and Science Study, right? Now, I want to find out from the good doctor, um, when will we make a big difference you know, in the education in our country. I understand that those there are students in Ukraine and Russia, whatever, but they're only a sprinkle, a cocoa in your cappuccino. Better I leave it right there. That's for you, Doc. Thank, thank, thank you very, very much. I think uh, all of us have learned something about Paula Freire there. And uh, indeed, uh, you're quite right. I think uh, I associate with the, the, that theory that uh, your teachers mustn't just be the fountains of knowledge, uh, but uh, instead we must, uh, at a young age, instill uh, you know you know skills that are transferable ev everywhere in the lives of our young people. That is why South Africa, at very early stages of its curriculum uh, development programs. Um, uh, opted for outcomes-based approach to education so that uh, um, databases that uh, facilitates learning are not uh, the teacher in the classrooms but they, that opens up to uh, you know students to access knowledge anywhere in the world and I made, I made an example earlier on of uh, my own experience of young people that are going to, to school right now I can tell you there's a business that is booming in South Africa of being a homework uh, uh, support person anywhere in South Africa you'll find uh, most parents rely on them to come back to the question uh, with the South African education and training system. Indeed, uh, since the uh, outcomes-based education uh, in, uh, uh, you know, uh, introduction in South Africa, a lot has been achieved. But uh, there are specific areas that are challenging us, that are challenging us. Here is what we are doing to deal with it. First and foremost, we've moved um, early childhood development from social development to basic education. So that there is a seamless system of education that starts from basic education right up to post-school education. And in post-school education, we've introduced community education and training so that there is no time where 
if you are falling out of basic education, there are no opportunities for you for further learning. And that is therefore uh, uh, means lifelong learning and development has become the, the, the philosophy of, of learning for South Africa that we are subscribed to. Let's go to Dumisani in Dalstrom. Dumisani, good morning. Good morning, how are you? Very well, thank you. Go ahead. Okay, yeah. Uh, good morning, DG. Good morning, sir. Uh, I'm great, thank you. Uh, you're speaking to Dumisani uh, Mavindala from Dalstrom in Pumalanga. Um, DG, um, I'm a graduate, by the way. I'm holding a postgrad in social sciences, majoring in sociology. Um, I believe I'm more capable in helping address the current societal issues with my theoretical understanding. But as you know, as graduates, we lack experience, and this, is, this has become a very, very critical issue in South Africa. Hence, you see the large number of graduates who are unemployed. Um, so my question basically is, what is your department, and basically, or specifically the Department of um, Public Service doing? Um, to address this issue of experience, especially when it comes to graduates. Because, as I've said, we do hold um, the paper and we do have the knowledge, but we don't have any way of applying that to helping government in, in addressing the societal issues. Thank you very much. Um, um, okay, first, first, I think uh, I appreciate your question. Uh, you recall that in two, in the last two years, the President of the Republic of South Africa in his State of the Nation address has committed our department to placing nothing less than 10,000 unemployed graduates into workplaces. And I'm happy to report that the Department of Higher Education and Training placed more than 16,000 uh, unemployed graduates in the last year, and we've committed 20,000 more in, in this year. So we want to exceed any target that has been set because we know that this is a reality uh, uh, that we must change uh, in South Africa. The other things that we are doing is uh, uh, we've opened up to other global institutions and global economies so that placement of our graduates is not limited to industries in the Republic of South Africa. And so the BRICS uh, network becomes an opportunity for us, in, particularly in the year of chairship of BRICS, to, uh, to sign new agreements that allow our graduates to go and get opportunities for placements in BRICS countries and the rest of other world. South Africa is not just friendly to BRICS, but uh, the rest of the world. And so in BRICS, we take advantage of the uh, cooperation to open opportunities for South Africans to go there. But the issue of unemployment in South Africa is real, and we are working hard collectively as government to make sure that this is, is dealt with. You ask a particular question and you give us uh, your own qualifications. I'm going to leave my, my, my details uh, so that I can be also be accessible. Uh, to, dis to, to take this conversation further because it's real to me. It's a real question. It's not just a, a, an academic matter. And so we'd like to first support you in, in your own experience, but also other South Africans in the category of what you have described uh, to assist you with information, but also to make sure that your name is in the list of many young people that we are trying to assist so that they get placement and get jobs that they deserve. 
Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Nkosinati Sishi, Director General in the Department of Higher Education, and uh, speaking to us. I like that. I'll hold you to that. I think my producer will take your details <laughs> and make sure it does happen. Wellington, I still see you. We're going to go for a news break, and we'll be back.